Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking with Seth Rodney and Stephen Fullwood. Gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm Seth Rodney, and I'm an editor at the most excellent hyper-allergic blog, which covers arts and all things related to the arts. And I teach at uh, the new school in uh, the Parsons and, School, oops. actually. All right. No, go ahead. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm talking to you from the South Bronx. Okay, great. Um, this is Stephen Fullwood. I'm coming to you from Harlem, and I'm one of the co-founders of the Nomadic Archivist Project, a consulting company that works with individuals and organizations to identify and preserve their archives. And I am a Capricorn. <laughs> and this, so is to, this is to remind our listeners that we do our best to practice what we call intellectual intimacy. Uh, and we try and give each other the space to to say what we want to say and, and to work some work through stuff out loud with one another. So Amen. Um, and I wanted to do a small plug. So, Stephen, you're you are in the works for planning a podcast for the Nomadis, Nomadic Archivist Project. We are yes, definitely. in. yes. Yeah, so we're trying to find the easiest <laughs> um, <laughs> way to do it. Uh, Miranda Mims and I, the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, want to begin interviewing different kinds of people who right. are concerned with memory work, you know, work where you are taking care of history or culture and, you know, just to kind of give um, our listeners, or excuse me, our audiences something to taste in addition to the website and some of our projects. So, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. right. We'll keep it, keep us updated about it, please. I certainly will. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm speaking to you from Orange County, California, which I, I again, I regularly omit from my introduction, which, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure I should go to therapy for that. But, yeah, uh, Dr. Freud. <laughs> um, OC. <laughs> that, it is the OC. And thank you again mm. for using her. <laughs> Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, horror films. Um, Stephen's suggestion, who I think um, amongst us, I mean, I think we all love films, but I do think Stephen is probably the, the biggest film buff amongst us. I don't know if, mm. if I'm taking anything away from Seth on that one, but no, I would no, definitely no, put no, myself. No, you are not. Yeah. yeah um, so I'd like to kick it to you, Stephen, and, and sort of, Lisa. Sure. I mean, I certainly have things to say in films that I love, and uh, yes. but uh, why, don't, why don't you take us in? I okay. So the whole thing is the spirit of Halloween, and I think what I love about this this um this uh, season is that everyone gets you know we start to at least in the north that you know trees you know trees are changing the colors are changing and so things are kind of going quiet and at the same time sort of building up because of the um, holiday season and Halloween in New York City starts I don't know it never ends it feels like in a way <laughs> <laughs> because if you've ever been here. In addition to the parades and all the other different kinds of things that inspire dressing up, in addition to people who just look like that all the time, it's really kind of cool. But people mm -hmm. really kind of go out during this, uh, go out um, during the season, you know, with costumes and whatnot. And I was thinking about the kinds of films that you know the three of us have seen um, that have been that have left an indelible mark on the way that we see the world, or just excited us, or scared the hell out of us when we were kids. And I wrote this six page, um, you know, just a list of all the films and why I love them and why they scared the hell out of me. You know, what were the connections? And I want to begin with um, one film mm. 
the Prince of Darkness. Okay. Ah, I remember Prince of Darkness. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear about it. Sure, sure. So here, here's the um, Google uh, s- um, synopsis. Poking around in a church cellar, a priest, played by Donald Pleasance, finds an otherworldly vial filled with green slime. Frightened, he brings his discovery to a circle of top scholars and scientists who eventually learn that the strange liquid is the essence of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) The slime then begins to seep out of this. So satanic jizz. He he (laughs) finds satanic jizz. And by the way, I totally disagree with all this, but I'm just going to finish it. Uh, Turning um, some of the academics into zombified killers. As the possessed battle of the survivors, one of the students is infected by a large quantity of the liquid and becomes Satan personified. I think it, it, it's maybe three fourths true, but I've actually read it as science and religion coming together mm. and this notion of antimatter and antichrist becoming this thing, mm. you know, personified. And what scared me about the film, I was 19 years old, I saw it on television, and there's just scenes in it where people are frozen. They're, quote unquote, street people who are just on the street and they're just stock still. Mm. And I thought with John Carpenter is pretty good at creating films that excite me. You know, they're they're kind of plain in a way, but they they mm. don't re- overly rely on special effects. It's just what the people do. So it's a theater of the mind kind of thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, his his he leaves enough scary space for you to put your scary in. Mm. You know? I like that. Oh, and Alice Cooper is in it. Who doesn't love Alice Cooper? You know, so, <laughs> so they got like cosmic shit going on. It's not really cosmic horror, but it's really it's a fun film to watch. I'd recommend it to anyone. And so yeah. stuff you've got to watch it. Um, stuff you, I mean, uh, Travis, you said you saw it before, correct? So I did. I saw it in high school, uh, and it's funny. Our our uh, production engineer Chris Edmeyer uh, would probably be better equipped to talk about this than I would because I mean we were uh, we grew up together. He's a couple years older than I am, but. Uh, we, I, I, I suspect we saw the movie together because, you know, I had a group of friends that were into, you know, certainly into that stuff like many teenage boys were. And mm-hmm. um, I would uh, play role playing games and things like that, which is one of the which is one of the remaining things that are st- I think we've talked about this before that are still not cool. Like millennials, <laughs> millennials have recouped and revamped all dorky hobbies, <laughs> all of them, record collecting films, <laughs> shoes. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like weird xylophones and shit like that. Like it doesn't matter. Like old time hipster- instruments. <laughs> yeah, hipsters have made everything cool, but role playing games. Dungeons like, they, and they, Dragons. That's that's exactly right. Dungeons and Dragons. It is the one. Like it is the Stranger Things came close to I doing mean, it. I was just okay. thinking about that. Yeah, straight. But. But really only to show these kids' alienation from the rest of the, 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 so right, so anyways, of this I was part of that group. But anyway, so we saw it. I saw it in the movie theater. I don't remember the movie. I mean, I remember the general premise around what you had basically just said. The mm-hmm. one thing I would you know, as far as like the, the underlying theme, I read things like that more of kind of the imagination and horror and fantasy trying to drub the limits of human knowledge, right? So mm-hmm. trying to push back against oh, yeah. science and say, you know, like, here are all your brains and all the things that you can study and understand about the world, but really, you know, mm-hmm. there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, you know, to borrow from Hamlet. So mm-hmm. that, that, but, you know, in a kind of a, um, a sometimes fun, sometimes mean, it just depends. I, I think that movie is, it's kind of fun and, and yeah. Um, 
Um, and like I said, it really is kind of, I think, like demonic jizz is sort of what the <laughs> same sense is. But uh, but it's a that's a great lead in. It's a great um, that's a great film actually. I thought about it when you brought the when you mentioned the topic. So oh, get out. Okay. So uh, okay, so maybe you should keep going, Stephen, because I don't I don't have a lot to say about that because I, I don't think I I may not have actually ever seen the film. Right. Uh, and if I did, I don't remember it. I just looked it up on my phone to see mm-hmm. the, uh, visuals of the. Um, uh, the uh, trailer might jog my memory, but no. Mm-hmm. no. Do you? Got, do you oh, go ahead. No, no, Stephen. Go, go, go. I was gonna say one last thing about the film, and then you know, just and that is that during the film there is another film happening. That's a dream sequence that the different students are dreaming. So they're all dreaming the same dream, but they're de- dreaming different parts of it. That's right. That's right. And that's it's right. a wonderful way to build tension. And I remember feeling like, oh, that's a great way to bring something into being. And so what they're hearing is there's this sound that they're hearing. This is not a dream, not a dream. We are using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. We're unable to transmit through conscious neural interference. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. We are transmitting the year from the year, year one, nine, 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 1999. Technology has not developed a transmitter strong enough for it to reach your consciousness, uh, but this is not a dream. What you are seeing is actually occurring for the purpose of causality violation. That shit just makes me so excited. I just love that. <laughs> I love layer. Give me layers. Don't give yeah. me, you know, saw. You know, yeah. don't give me saw or one of the slasher films. I want to see something that's going to engage me in a lot of ways. And so I love that message. Love it. Yeah. But that's it. Now we gotta go watch the film. Okay, so let me counter that or repost with my mm. own favorite horror film, which it does, I think, some of the things that uh, Prince of Darkness does for you, Stephen, in that mm-hmm. it makes me think. It, it is absolutely, and, and I did have some time to think about it during the week. It, it, it is absolutely my favorite film, and it's The Cabin in the Woods, oh, which okay. is directed by Drew Goddard and has Jesse Williams in the cast and Chris Helmsford mm-hmm. and Kristen Connolly and Anna Hutchinson. Um, and Bradley Whitford, um, um, who I, you know, love from um, from his time in um, the West Wing. Okay. Um, so it, 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 the essence of the film is uh, the typical horror genre teenage slasher setup, which is a bunch of kids who are friends go to a cabin in the woods and to go off into the darkness. Uh, and of course, there's these weird markers along the ways, right? Like. Uh, the place is really secluded. It's off mm-hmm. the GPS system. Uh, there's a creepy guy at the gas station who says, "Well, I can take you there, but I don't know about getting you back." And they're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh weird, this is but... this is Joss Whedon." Ah, yeah. now I know. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I just I, now I'm with you. I just I was like, God, that sounds so familiar. Now I'm I'm with you. Okay, right. Um, when you say this is Joss Whedon, what do you mean? A director, that... producer. I think he he either produced or directed. I think he I think produced it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Um, Right. So they start knocking off the kids one by one, right? But eventually mm-hmm. the kids get into the vehicle and try to flee the scene. And mm-hmm. although, and we figure out, this movie eventually shows you that there are these controllers, the kind of guys behind the curtain who are constantly shifting things in their environment to bring about their demise. Um, they make it out somehow. They like crash through the, 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 the matrix. And they mm-hmm. get to the, the central command, 
And then they find these guys pulling the levers behind the curtain. And they <laughs> release all the fucking demons. And like, they're the ones mm. that like, from the horror films that we like saw and from, um, what's mm-hmm. the one where the woman crawls through the television screen to come at you? Um, oh, uh, ring. The ring. The Ring. The Ring. Yes. Oof. Ringu the ring was, the the ring was great. Yeah, Ringu yeah. was yeah. amazing. <laughs> that was actually another one of my favorites. But so they, yeah, so, yeah. so literally all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and 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 it, and it's really about the sort of structure of the horror film, right? That we've mm-hmm. inherited, and the notion mm-hmm. that there's always a kind of sacrifice that needs to happen in order mm-hmm. to appease this darker god that's mm-hmm. just beyond the sort of range of our mm-hmm. uh, typical perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the sense that we're always sort of living in a matrix that is real, but is not real, right? Like there's a realer mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. sort of behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And we have to sort of, I mean, it's the story that Travis and I have told each other or talked about over the years. And I never remember the title, but it's the, the one from Omarosa, the one who escapes. Oh, from, the, the ones who walk away from Omalas. That's the one. That's <laughs> the one, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was close. That's a horror story. <laughs> right. That's a horror story, too. But, but basically, yeah. it's the idea that that story is based on the idea um, that there is some dark god out there who, mm. we, who threatens us with chaos. And mm-hmm. we make our sacrifice of some innocent uh, on a regular basis. It, 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 it was ritual, it, you know, our older civilizations have ritualized these practices and they've called the gods by different names. But essentially, okay. that's the idea that, mm-hmm. the, that chaos threatens us and we need to sacrifice someone to it in order yeah. to live in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Omalas in the story, Ursula K. Le Guin, uh, mm. Omalas is a paradise. And she starts the story out beautifully by saying, um, you know, basically uh, stories are supposed to be dystopic, but this is a story about a paradise. Mm. And mm-hmm. in order for this paradise to be maintained, this civilization has to keep an innocent child locked in some basement that has to be degraded and spat on and, and, <gasps> and mistreated. Wow. And but that and that it's not talked about uh, regularly. Um, it's not mentioned in polite company, but that at a certain age, all the children are taken to see this innocent child in the basement. And mm. that it's it's this innocent in the basement that makes all of Omalas possible. Um, but that the one the title, the ones who walk away from Omalas, is that sometimes um, people just leave. They just they walk away from from paradise. They walk away from Omalas, um, mm-hmm. and you know because the, the sacrifice is too much. Yeah, um, wow. that they they renounce it. They renounce paradise mm. for something else. So mm. Is this a film or is it's it a, a it's a short it's a short story. It's a beautiful okay. little short story. You probably, you probably can find it online. Is it Austrian? Um, uh, no, Ursula K. Le Guin. So she's uh, Omalas is just a. I have. I actually. I I used to teach this story. So um, mm-hmm. she. Um, she scrambled, I forget what it was, but she was passing some city in like Nebraska or something like that. And she scrambled the letters of this, uh, um, uh, ah. uh, of this city. And that's how she came up with the title Omelas. And <clears throat> can I, can I just jump out. in to say, yeah, uh, please, Stephen, please, please. if you haven't read Ursula K. Le Guin, 
I highly, highly, highly recommend her. She is one of the cool. best science fiction or writers, period, that I've ever read. The big yeah. ones, the really important books are The Dispossessed, which makes one of the best arguments for socialism I've ever read, and The Left mm. Hand of Darkness, which yeah. makes one of the best arguments. And it doesn't actually make an argument. It's just sort of the book exists as an argument for thinking really differently about gender. In fact, yeah. she's the first mm. person who I ever encountered. She might actually be the first real intellectual, American intellectual. I think she's from Canada, but the first intellectual to actually make us think really seriously about the sort of, about gender being on a kind of continuum. I've been not, okay. sort of like yeah. made, okay. not binary. Uh, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, Left, Left Hand of Darkness makes it on Bloom's list as one of the great books of the 20th century, actually. Yes, so, mm -hmm. yes, definitely. Um, the, you know, so one of the things that has occurred to me, uh, which is, you know, uh, I think one of the reasons that I, I like that we have come up with a way to sort of encapsulate the show as a kind of intellectual intimacy is that I actually figure, like most intimacies, you figure things out when you're intimate with people, right? There are things <laughs> that... There are things that you can figure out in an intimate exchange that you can't figure out on your own. Mm. That's what intimacy is about, I think, mm -hmm. part of what it's about. I agree with you that, yeah. You figure out things about yourself. So I realized in Seth's description uh, why many horror films fall down for me and then the ones that don't. And I, I wouldn't have known that until he described it when he was talking about Cabin in the Woods and sort of like the underlying structure and what's, uh, what is um, – uh, horrible about it, right? In this sort of system in which things are moving beyond your control. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I know that, you know, from, so like the ring is a great, uh, uh, movie and there are a number of horror films that would make it on my list of, of movies that I enjoy. Prince of darkness would be on there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that always falls down for me, though, in those types of horror movies, and I'm going to give a couple of, of alternate examples um, that don't fall down for me, is as soon as the explanation for the evil moves into the realm of the supernatural, mm -hmm. my my feeling of horror and suspense is dissipated. Wow. And, Tell us why. Oh, anyway, so, here's why. <laughs> because I don't find it a credible threat. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, you are a rationalist but, in your bones, dude. But, but here's, uh, yeah, but here, <laughs> you're mellow. <laughs> yeah. But here's what doesn't Alien, the thing, or Thing, um, uh, The Fly, right? These are uh, horror films in the sci fi genre yeah. that are horrifying to me until the very end right. because mm. I do find human hubris a credible threat, threat. Right. so so <laughs> um, so were you horrified by get out uh yeah horrified and i mean i have to say and uh, and i thought it was really funny too right yeah i mean as you know i yeah. um you know and i a lot of writing was done about like sort of where you fall on the spectrum like things that you're laughing at versus things that you find horrible or whatever mm -hmm. and of course um and of course it's 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 written that way um uh -huh. but uh, but yes I, of course i i did find it um uh, horrifying, but it was hard for me to completely leave behind the comedic elements that that sort of mm -hmm. set the tone for me so um but yeah so th those so i would uh, you know john carpenter's the thing alien uh, the fly 
in which the threat is sort of either it's either alien, right, which is just a stand in for supernatural. I understand that. But mm-hmm. um, okay, uh, yeah. or or sort of science run amok. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, like the fly, for example. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that, for me, maintains the element of suspense like all the way through the end. Now, when I was younger, that wasn't true, of course. Like I, of course, was Rosemary's Baby was very mm-hmm. like terrifying for me when I when I was younger. But uh-huh. uh, but yeah. So now I I lose it when it comes to comes to that stuff. Can so I that's just... nineteen. That's very nineteen fifties. That's all I want to say. Yeah. With the monsters <laughs> and oh sure, you know, post sure. of World War Two. That's very nineteen fifties. Yeah. Today. Yeah. <laughs> can I can, yeah. I can I jump in and say um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hooking into that thread? There was a book which is not, and I know we're talking about films, but I I I, I can't help but cheat this a little. There's a book I read. I think it's called The Hot Zone, and I read it in the nineties. I remember I was in undergrad, and I. I don't know how I, 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 you know, Barnes and Noble was big in the in those days, so I probably like picked it up at a uh, at a bookstore because um, it was recommended to me. And I remember being on the train and being on the way to the YMCA to take my fencing lesson because I, you know, I, I learned to fence back in the '90s, and I and I would go to the Y Mondays and Fridays, really without fail. Um, and I was on my way to a fencing lesson, and I was reading the book on the subway, and I remember reading it. And I was just like, I like, I wasn't actually sweating, but I was like close to it. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. like I was, it was so tense and I was mm. so into it that I mm-hmm. remember coming off the train and having to walk there, uh, having to walk up the stairs and, and I was still reading as I was like walking through the turnstile and up the stairs and into <laughs> the Y. And then I got to the Y, I had to change, you know, to get, you know, to get into my, um, my my workout gear and there was a I went to the to the to the bathroom and there was a spot, a bright spot of blood right on the toilet seat and it just freaked uh, me the hell out because <laughs> the book is all about the the the, the um, an outbreak right? of Ebola yeah yes yeah. and yeah, it described it right like what happened to people when they got the disease. Um, when they got infected by the virus, and it is not—I'm not going to describe it. It's not cute. So that mm. whole sequence of events was like, what? Freaked <laughs> me the hell out. Oh, I'm like, do, I'm like thinking about it now. I'm like, want to hug myself. I'm like, oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, picking up on the blood theme, I was going to ask you guys name mm. your top three horror films. Mm. You will always watch them again and again. Mm. Um, they excite you, or maybe just watch it once and you're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that it, it was really impactful in some way. Mm-hmm. Got three? Yeah, please. Seth, do you want to go? Um, oh, no, please. Uh, okay. Um, so Alien would definitely be on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, The Fly mm-hmm. would probably be on that list. I mentioned those two. Uh-huh. Uh, come back to me for my third. Let me, okay. you know what? Um, I mean, it's, it's a really like sort of down the middle one, but I mean, I, it is, uh, and I might want to revisit a third one, but, uh, Psycho would probably be, okay. I mean, okay. I know that that is regularly cited as one of the great horror films. So I, I know that that's, um, um, I mean, not that I'm trying to be that I have the duty to be obscure or something, but uh, <laughs> but that would that would that would definitely be one. Okay, I think, uh, and as we are talking, I'm trying to look this up on my phone. 
okay. because I don't actually remember the name of the film. But I can start off with, oh, here it is. Good. All right. So Cabin in the Woods, definitely, because mm-hmm. it is so smart and it's so meta-discursive, and I love meta-discursive mm. stuff. Uh, Ringu, probably the next one, because Ringu was amazingly suspenseful just, mm-hmm. just and beautifully shot. Just a beautiful film. And actually, and this is for a weird reason. Um, it's probably actually for one scene. I love this film, The Prophecy with Christopher Walken. Oh, I remember that, yes. Where he yes. plays the angel Gabriel. And there's something yeah. really powerful about the way they depict the angels and, and, and essentially the guy who plays Satan. Um, um, because it's really, it's really, what's the word? It's, I want to say sotto voce. It's really, um, it's really quiet the way they play him. Um, um, there's a gesture at some point that Christopher Walken as Gabriel makes um, when he sort of, sort of kisses his fingers and and, and and gestures behind him and the body of this of one of the like the angels of the some order I don't know just just combusts it just lights itself on fire and it's powerful and it's eldritch and it's weird good um, word yeah it's just word. it's be, it's just beautifully done and mm-hmm. there is this and there is a scene where and I don't want to say what he says where the where the guy who's Satan confronts this woman who's trying to basically defy him, and he says something to her, and it is one of the most amazing things I've ever heard in a film. I'm like, it's just bone chilling, uh, and that film is great for that scene. So let me okay. let me amend two things to to add. I would I would like to remove the fly from mm-hmm. my list, mm-hmm. even though I, I it was it was a, a horror film. It would be definitely on a very short list. And insert the Changeling by with George C. Scott, which was uh, I think huh. in, the, in the 70s, um, and uh, really 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 good horror film. Uh, he mm-hmm. this com- I think he's a composer, and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, dies and he moves to this house in Seattle in which this girl had been murdered. Mm. Um, and there's ju- there's a really, really, really creepy se- seance scene. Um, yeah. And George C. Scott is just amazing. Um, and then I would like to add a scene to my list. It doesn't, you know, it's not the whole film because on, on, in total, I thought the film was not that great. But the scene mm-hmm. um, in Poltergeist 2 where the old mm-hmm. gaunt preacher sings <laughs> that song, you know, that religious song, that hymnal, and then sort of slowly walks up to the house and is like, let me in. You are going <laughs> to die. <laughs> and wow. like that that scene wow. uh, probably would still creep me out if I saw it. So. Wow. Okay, cool. So, Stephen, what are your three? Uh, so now you've got me thinking. So I thought I had my answer, and then mm. I had to go to um, – so it, for me, horror, these are the things that connect these three films. And I might mention a fourth one, and that's blood, mm-hmm. and not a lot of blood. It's mm-hmm. kind of what you just said about the just a drop seat. of blood, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, women, huh. and gender, gender. So these things, and religion. So those are the four things. And so uh-huh. Carrie, the Brian De Palma film. Oh wow! Sure, sure, yeah. Love that film, and I think that Piper Laurie was terrifying to me. Uh-huh. And the uh-huh. religious imagery was terrifying to uh-huh. me. And I was like, just leave Carrie alone. Stop throwing tampons at her. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I was very much, 
You know, and I thought oh. that, you know, that Sissy Spacek was perfect. She right. was absolutely perfect. Right. Nobody was a teen in the film, but that didn't matter right, <laughs> in right. real life. Mm-hmm. Then you have The Skin I Live In, mm. the Pedro Aldemovar film. And that film is so clinical and cold. And the way that he frames it, he's really great at soap operas. He um, just does high-tech soap operas to me. And so you, you'll find yourself rooting for the wrong person. Mm. That's how dope his shit is. Damn. Damn. That's how dope that film is. So please look at the skin I live in. You'll just find yourself going, what am I, what are, what's happening here? So right. that, I really, really love that film. And then lastly, The Entity. And this is a 1982 film with Barbara Hershey yeah. about a spirit raping this mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. That film tore me up as a kid. I bought the book. I had to have the book. I remember oh. thinking about, well, there's, for, I, I'm, I'm, I need films that are open-ended. So I don't need okay. them to resolve. Right. That leaves me a lot of space to get in. Once I never believe that anything's over. <laughs> I just think that the film ends. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's the idea. Wow. And so the bonus track here is the bonus film is Let the Right One In. Oh. Which I thought was both film. romantic great. and loving and terrifying. Yes. But it yes. was all about us. Yes. You know, it, it the camera was on the audience for me in that film. And so yes. Yeah. Yes. And so absolutely. So I concur. That, and not the one that they redid for the US. Right. It, that's okay. But let the right one in is quiet. Give me yes. quiet. Don't yes. give me a lot of jump scares. Mm-hmm. Let me just absorb the full yes. impact of what these people are going through. Totally you know, I don't need it. in fact this is why I love a lot of foreign films because they don't have a lot of soundtrack at times. Just mm-hmm. let me come along with you as a as a as a um a witness. And so Let the Right One In is a definitely recommended 2008. Amen to that. Um, I, a Swedish film. Because of mm-hmm. what you said, Stephen, I am going to go out and watch The Skin I Live In and Entity. Yes, because please those, do. Uh, and Travis, I'm t- definitely going to watch The Changeling. Because none of these, I've never seen any of these films, and they sound fascinating to me now. Yeah, don't don't forget don't forget the satanic jizz in Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Don't forget the satanic jizz, which is not jizz. Once you watch it, let's have a conversation about what I think it is. Yeah. You know, you know when you first said that, I thought you know Travis enjoys saying that a little bit too much. I think so too. I think you know Travis got that teen that teen part of him, like you know operating. Yeah, that's right. It's oh, that's really funny. I wonder if it like brings back the sort of like lowbrow humor that got me through my. <laughs> My teenage years. Exactly, yeah. exactly. exactly. Uh, it got us all through our teenage years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably discuss what we're going to discuss next week because we're running up on time. Uh, uh, yes. What all do, right. what do you so, think, gentlemen? What what's a good what's a good topic? Well, I mean, we're coming up on the midterms. I know we haven't done. You know, we we mm-hmm. don't always do politics. We got the midterms uh, coming up. I know what we're doing in two weeks. We we um, we'll, and we'll talk about that next week, of course. Right. Um, I think that's a good um, idea. I do. The migrant caravan might be a good thing to talk mm. about. The sort of insane mm. nonsense that is the reporting on the migrant caravan. Mm. Um, I mean, there's so many ways to uh, mm. disassemble that story and look mm. at its constituent parts, but um, mm. so... We talked yeah, a little I mean, bit about the war in those... the media and these kinds of ways that we're shaping and where you get your... We talked a little bit about before, before where we... Where do you get your information and how do you process the information? Boom. Boom, that's the question. Where do you get your information? I love you that. Know. Let's 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 start it there. 
All right. Where do you get your information? Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Actually, yeah, yeah that's that actually. Yeah. Okay. I, I like it. So, yeah. uh, so next week, uh, for our listeners, we'll be talking about where do you get your information? And of course we'll flesh that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth and Steven, thanks very much for the conversation today. Indeed. Thank you. And have a happy Halloween. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.